Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. A bizarre series of reviews appear on the Internet Movie Database. Are they the rantings of a lunatic or the ravings of a madman? And then we blast off and join the astronaut John Smith in outer space. Some people say he never existed. Some people say there's two of him. Today on Dead Rabbit Radio. everyone, welcome back to another episode of Dead Rabbit Radio. I'm your host, Jason Carpenter. I'm having a great day. Hope you guys are having a great day, too. I hope you guys have some awesome plans for this weekend. First off, I want to give a shout-out to our newest Patreon supporter, Lawrence Herbert. Everyone give a round of applause. He's walking in. Fireworks are going off. He didn't expect that. It's kind of scaring him, but it's okay. He regains his composure. Lawrence, you're going to be our captain, our pilot this episode. If you can't support the Patreon, that's fine, too. Just help get the word out about the show. That also really helps out a lot. Also, today is the first time we are doing Fan Art Friday. Today's fan art was provided by Polly Haikilla. Polly Haikilla from Finland. So everyone, tip of your hat. Or uh, what else do you do? Kick your shoes to Polly. Thank you so much for providing this artwork. It's kind of spooky. It looks a little punk rock. I love it. If you want to have your artwork sent in for Fan Art Friday, just go ahead and email it to me or post it on Instagram or whatever. However you get in contact with me, Ouija board, you send spirits after me. And just say I have permission to use your artwork, and I will go ahead and get it posted for Fan Art Friday. So, Lawrence, I'm actually going to give you the keys to a new vehicle. We're using this for the first time. The Dead Rabbit Data Disc. Actually, I guess it's more like one of those Frisbees from Tron. So all of a sudden, Lawrence is wearing a Tron suit. He's like, oh, man, I paid so much for those other clothes. Am I going to get them back? I'm like, no, they've been digitized and they're gone forever. Now you look like Tron. And he pulls the Frisbee off of his back and he beams us into the Internet. We're flying. A bunch of graphics are, are a bunch of clip art. We're flying through a tunnel of clip art. We see like a little cat dancing. He takes us into the internet, and then finally we land in the internet movie database. It's just hundreds of thousands of films all playing at the same time, and we're just kind of walking through the void watching them. We start to see a movie review pop up on 171 different films. They're all the same review, regardless of the film, regardless of the genre, horror, sci-fi, action. They're all exactly the same. They're all posted by a guy named Bob Piano, Snail Cat Dog, Agave Ant Bat. So that should kind of show you his mental state. That's the name he prefers to go by. Oh, but you can call me Ant Bat. He says, he pops out of the void. Uh, we didn't know he had a data disc as well. And so he's standing there now, a little Ant Bat, <laughs> little tiny ant-sized bat. And he begins to tell us the reviews of his movies. Here they are. They all are exactly the same. You're like, how can he review 171 different movies with the exact... Because they're not reviews. They're a diatribe. A rant, really. Imagine you're looking at the movie Trolls World Tour. This is one of the reviews you see. Four out of ten stars, by the way. Any contact 
with females is the dystopian road to babies. Guys. I'm going to say there's no grammar in this, so technically he's saying it's the road to baby guys, which is kind of adorable, but he's trying to warn us guys that uh, women are the road to babies, which I think anyone over the age of 12 knows. But anyways, any I will disagree, right? I mean, yeah, you can have babies with women, but any contact, like a fly lands on me and then a fly bzz, takes a little bit of my DNA and lands on a woman, and then babies are made? <laughs> if so, I got a lot of kids out there. But what does this have to do with movies? Well, I'm not finished. That's not the whole review. He was trying to warn us, see, that women are the road to babies, guys. So what does this have to do with movies? Movies actually have subliminal messages in them to make us want to get with women. So if you had never seen a movie or a television show before, you would never want baby guys. But then, he's like a true maniac, he shifts gears, right? When we're like, okay, he's one of those guys. He shifts gears. Andrew Jackson was the greatest president behind Lincoln? Question mark. So even he's unsure about this. I don't know much about the legacy of Andrew Jackson, but President Lincoln's kind of hard to top. Andrew Jackson was the greatest president behind Lincoln. The only one, I'm really fixing, really fixing the grammar on this. The only one to return banks from shadowy organizations to American hands? Question mark. So either he did it or he didn't. I don't know, right? Maybe he did. Maybe that's why he's on the $20 bill. Andrew Jackson was the greatest president behind Lincoln. Only one to return banks from shadowy organizations to American hands? Next sentence. Literally the next sentence. Mystery Science Theater 3000, new seasons released. Truly extraordinary, my moonrakers of this achievement of men. I Listen, man, I, and I know guys who are MGTOW. Tupac was always M-O-B. That was always his catchphrase, which is basically the same thing as MGTOW, except he expressed it as money over bitches. But it's this idea of, and I know there's offshoots of it, and you get into incel culture and things like that, but basically this idea of focus on yourself. I think that's probably where it started, MGTOW. Focus on internal uh, development before you focus on women or don't focus on women at all like whatever however you want to put it or you could just be like tupac and say money over bitches but what does andrew jackson have to do with any of this or mystery science theater 3000 but apparently it does because while he's still formulating his thesis that any contact with women is the road to baby guys all of a sudden this pops in here but then i think probably he got hit in the head with the football while he was typing this out and he goes oh oh thanks for jarring back my insane stream of consciousness football he goes back into it he explains that creativity and comedy is something that only men can do and women suck the energy away from men so when you have sex with a woman let me state this in case you didn't get this already i don't believe in this i don't believe in this but when a man has sex with a because a man is so creative, he can make these movies. See, women can't make movies. All women can do is make babies. So a woman is jealous of the man's creativity. She's looking at Quentin Tarantino and she's like, ah, oh, no, no. <laughs> he has ugly feet too, so she'll never be in a Quentin Tarantino movie. And she's like, no, I must destroy Quentin Tarantino. So she knows she can't make a better movie than him. Maybe better than Jackie Brown. But she knows she can't make a movie better than him. Probably a better actor. But she knows she can't make a movie better than him. So she tries to 
suck his energy out by getting impregnated by him. Could you imagine having Quentin Tarantino as a dad? That would be the most horrifying, most horrifying experience ever. Eli Roth is your godfather. Oh my god, that would be horrible. Just fake blood everywhere, or real blood, probably. But what is any of the? Why is he posting this on the movie website now? Because he's saying that even though we all know these facts, that Andrew Jackson was the greatest president, maybe behind Abraham Lincoln, we know that Mystery Science Theater 3000 is doing some sort of re-release. We know that women are sucking the creativity out of men, and the movies are the reason, guys. The movies are the reason. Movie, this is his quote, movies with humans have the hero and the girl trying to get with each other. They even include animals, which is a totally different movie. Those movies come out of Sweden. Movies with humans have the hero and girl trying to get with each other. They even include animals assuming human characteristics of that man-woman nonsense. So you see, the only reason why you're attracted, only reason you're interested in women is because you watched the Smurfs, or the Smurfs 2, Lost in Manhattan, any movie. Those are the only two movies that ever came out. I don't know how he figures out, like, what happened, you know, before 1910, like, before movies existed. We wrap it up. To be fair, like, this guy has jumped all over the place. He starts going off on Spider-Man Far From Home. Again, these reviews are, like, on, like, The Queen or, or Charles World Tour. These are all sorts of movies. But he says... Even Spider-Man Far From Home had this romantic subplot, which didn't really. I mean, there were women in it, but I guess that's enough for him. They did have the phallic imagery of Spider-Man crawling up the uh, obelisk. What's that called? Is that That's not the Lincoln Memorial. Is it the Washington Monument? I'm such a bad American. You know, the giant penis-looking thing in the middle of Washington, D.C. You did have Spider-Man clinging onto that and saving a woman inside, though I believe it's the Washington Monument. So, I don't know, maybe that's phallic. Maybe the people in the elevator are supposed to represent the repressed semen. And Spider-Man was supposed to represent Mystery Science Theater 3000. And he's trying to pull those re-releases out. Give them relief. But he says all this insane stuff, but he does wrap it up. He does. He is able to make a concise statement at the end. Here we go. They, which I'm assuming is women in this case. They want to grind up men, but it is I. This is where also where it gets creepy, by the way. Like, at first, you're just like, this guy's a lunatic, but now you can imagine him sitting in his bunker. Um, watch cut now, but now he gets, it gets a little more sinister. So, they want to grind up men, but it is I who grind them into fine dust. Wear pink to take their power away. Question mark? Okay, anyways... Also, he's not done. He ends it like this, so now we know that he's a budding serial killer. His weapon of choice is a grindstone. He's just pushing around this giant stone. He's like, come here, ladies. He's rolling down the street. Because the police are very slowly catching him because they don't have to speed up. And he's wearing all pink, so that makes him very, very easy to catch. But he wraps it up with one of the most immortal sentences I think you could come across in a diatribe where he threatens to wear pink grind women to dust while watching Mystery Science Theater 3000. Nintendo Mother Earthbound textbook to be released. Wee Ba piano. It's like on the one hand, <laughs> on the one hand, <laughs> I find it fascinating 
that this thought process exists. It doesn't actually shock me. Like I said, I know people who, they're not male supremacists, but I know people who are just like, I don't I don't like to date women. Like, I'm not gay, I'm not bi, I just don't like to date women. And, and I know people who don't like women. Like, they just don't want to be around them at all, which, that that's a little odd to me, but. And someone says, hey, I don't want to date. I want to focus on myself. I'm like, hey, that's totally fine. I actually suggest people, especially when they've gotten out of long relationships. I go, don't date anyone for like a year or two. Like, no dates at all. Really use this time to focus and find out who you are. When you're a pair, you don't really figure out who you are. When you're part of a couple, you don't get to figure out who the single is. So I think that's important. And then there are some people who just expand that throughout their life. And they go, I just never had an interest. They may classify themselves as asexual. They just don't have an interest in any sexual relations with anybody. Then, he, But they don't normally, or ever, really, threaten to grind women up into fine dust. So that in and of itself is odd. But, I mean, it, it's not shocking. The fact that he's posting these things on an internet movie database, I find interesting. And... and on the one hand, this is they've all been deleted at this point. I think I'm the only one who... <laughs> me and Bob Piano are the only ones who have copies of this at this point. But I find it fascinating that he thought that this would be a good venue for it. Like, someone else is like, Oh, I wonder if Mystery Science Theater 3000 ever did that re-release. They Google it, and they're like, Whoa, man. I totally agree with this stuff. I'd love to subscribe to your newsletter. I find that interesting that he thinks that this is like a legit argument. But let's put on our conspiracy caps for a moment. Because this isn't just me reading the ramblings of a madman. This might be a coded message. And we've talked about this before. I've talked about this several times on the show. Let me explain how this would work. You have all of this nonsense. You have all of this stuff that's completely meaningless. You would have maybe three or four sentences that actually contain the code. Nintendo Mother Earthbound textbook to be released. Wee! Bapiano. That could be part of the code. And then we have Mystery Science Theater 3000 New Seasons released. Truly extraordinary, my moonrakers of this achievement of men. What's interesting is those phrases are so poorly written. And everything else, as insane as it is, is... Fairly grammatically correct. I'd say 90% grammatically correct. Those two sentences are meaningless. If you just put those two sentences in an internet movie database post, it's most likely just going to get flagged as spam and instantly deleted. He posted all of these reviews, 271 reviews, over the matter of about two days. It was in August of this year, and they're gone now. But it'd be the perfect way to send a message to someone. So if you're a CIA agent in Istanbul, I always use Istanbul for, for a point of reference. I don't know why, but if you're a CIA agent in Istanbul, you're trying to communicate with someone else, Slovakia, and you know that person's a huge fan of the English patient, throw this review on there. It seems like a coded message. So the perfect place to hide codes is in the ramblings of a madman because they look like the ramblings of a madman. But if you know what the code is, totally makes sense. So Lawrence, take us out of the digital world. We're leaving behind Bob Piano as we're leaving this hot digital chick's walking up to him. He's like, no, no, can't resist the temptation. A bunch of babies appear. And we're like, oh no, he was right. The babies are forming a giant mountain to try to get us. We are back in the world of reality. Lawrence, call in that carboner copter. We're headed out to a secret NASA facility. <laughs> Helicopters flying over the landscape. 
Lawrence is looking Lawrence is looking really hard. He's like, oh no, I don't know if I'm gonna be able to find it if it's secret. But he's keeping he's keeping his doubts to himself. He just keeps giving us the thumbs up. We're almost there. And I'm like, all right, awesome. As he's flying us out, I bring up an old film projector. I'm showing you this old film strip. In October 1973, NASA wanted to study orbital space. Old old-timey special effects. There's just like a like a little moon held by a string. They decided to put astronaut John Smith inside a satellite. And everyone's like, look inside the side. And they're like, wait, what? Aren't satellites built to stay up there for a long time? I'm like, class, hold your questions till the end. NASA wanted a steady orbital space. So they wanted to put astronaut John Smith inside a satellite. Now, it was actually a spaceship disguised as a satellite. The idea was to have John Smith pretend he was a satellite and just just kind of float around for a while with a notebook writing down stuff about space. And the film strip, the film strip ends, and you're like, I'm even more confused than you were before you started the film strip. I know. There's this conspiracy theory. It's from the website, which has been a goldmine, which has been a goldmine recently. It's called howandwise.com. What's interesting about this website is it looks like a legit nerd news science website. It looks like it's laid out to look like space.com or I never would have thunk that.com or whatever those types of websites are. So they'll have articles like, could a dinosaur breathe oxygen today? Or, you know, how much does a something way when put on mars or whatever you know it's like science stuff that you would read while you're drinking your coffee so you could go to work and be like hey did you know a dinosaur couldn't breathe today and people are like, what what are you talking about that was a weird topic to bring up it's one of those types of websites half of it maybe one third of it is quirky fun facts and the dinosaur one wasn't one of them now that i'm thinking about it now i'm thinking about it if you took a dinosaur, this has totally become a different episode. If you took a T-Rex, because you know the carbon dioxide levels were different, that's why the plants were so big. If you took a T-Rex from the past and put him in the middle of Manhattan today, would he just have a heart attack? I mean, everyone around him would have a heart attack because they didn't expect the T-Rex to just appear. But if you took a dinosaur and you dropped him into today's times, would he be able to breathe the oxygen? Hey, Jamie, look that up. Look that up. But while he's looking that up, and I'm sure you guys are going to look that up now, I'll check it out after the episode. But it has stuff like that. It has, like, interesting science facts. But then a huge chunk of it is stories of, 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 of saying in a polite way, a dubious nature. Unsourced stuff. Now, actually, the story I did recently about the boy being reincarnated from Mars, I got from this website. So not all of it is nonsense. That one I was able to find other articles on. But I'm just giving you a little bit of a, a, a setup here. We may have found a new backpacker verse in howandwise.com, but the verdict's still out on that. But anyways, so they tell this story about astronaut John Smith being put into a spaceship or a rocket disguised as a satellite to run a scientific study on low-orbit space. So the, just that part. That part doesn't really make sense. Uh, why doesn't he just fly around in a rocket ship or or whatever's going on? But anyways, they put him in a satellite, I guess so he could maintain orbit for a while. But the problem is, is that 
he's up in that satellite and he's radioing down to Earth. He's like, okay, guys, this is awesome. I'm in the satellite. The mission was a success. I should have brought a coat. See if you're cold over here. But everything seems to be going A-okay. Let me just turn the ship a little bit to the left here. Uh, hey, guys. Hey, did you guys, did you guys test this thing out before you launched it, me in it? Before you launched me in this space coffin? And they go, yeah, yeah, we tested it out. It, it, why? What's going on? He can't control it. He's like, oh, no. He probably said a little more than that. He wasn't like, oh, shucks. I want to starve to death in deep space. But the point is, is that they put him in a, they basically put him in a metal sphere to pretend he was a satellite and it didn't work. And he, so he's just floating up there and NASA all of a sudden calls an emergency meeting and they're looking at everything. In 1973 technology, I guess you couldn't just fly around in a rocket. I mean, it's not Flash Gordon. It's not like you could be like, wee! It's like if you wanted to stay up there for any amount of time, they didn't have a space shuttle, they didn't have a space station, you wouldn't need to put someone in a satellite. Or, you know, just the satellite without a dude in it. But they realize there's no way we can rescue him. If the controls aren't working, we don't have a plan B. We probably should have, but we don't. So he's just floating around in a little satellite, and NASA goes, there's nothing we can do for you, bro, and they shut off the radio because, you know, they don't want to listen to that Debbie Downer complaining about freezing to death, and he gets lost amongst all the satellites up in space. Late 2000. Okay, so now we're in the year 2000. It's fall of 2000. There's an amateur astronomer in Fiji, and he's looking through his telescope, and he's like, hmm, yes, hmm, hmm, interesting, hmm. And then he stops spying on his sexy neighbor, and he's like, oh yeah, I forgot, I'm an amateur astronomer, not just a stalker. Then he points it up at the sky, and he's looking, and he's like, hmm, that's a little less interesting than what I was looking at. But that's not supposed to be there. And he ends up calling up NASA, and he goes, hey, guys, I'm picking up something. You guys know me? I'm an amateur astronomer from Fiji. They're like, hey, what's up, Barry? He's like, yeah, yeah. So I think I detected something that shouldn't be up there. NASA verifies the claims and realizes this is John Smith's satellite ship. There's no one, they can't figure out what else it could be, and it's getting closer into Earth orbit. Now, in the year 2000, we have the technology to rescue John Smith. We have the technology to rescue John Smith, but it takes them a year. It takes them until 2001. They're able to retrieve the satellite. They bring it down. They open it up. John Smith is dead. He froze to death, which is what you would imagine would happen to somebody who's left in space. I think that's kind of the one thing you know is going to happen. But then, sir, sir, he's not dead. He's just breathing super slowly. and He's all icy and stuff. But if we start brushing away the ice and we put this stethoscope to his heart, which we should, probably should have done before we said he was dead. Boop. 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 Boomp. That's a super slow heartbeat. And a way to just waste more time in this already long episode. John Smith is alive! He was frozen. He's like cryogenically frozen in this satellite. So they unfreeze him. They slowly warm his body temperature up. And then they flip him over. <laughs> they use a giant like wooden paddle. And they like put him in an oven. And then they flip him over. Bring him out and he's all crispy and new. So he's alive! He's alive. He was cryogenically frozen. The aging process had stopped. And he's totally fine. And as they begin to run medical experiments on him, though, because that's what you would do, right? 
Man's been up in space for almost 30 years. You'd want to know if anything happened, any side effects other than freezing to death. They're like, hmm, that's the first side effect. He's like, yeah, thanks a lot, jerks. Maybe next time build a satellite ship that I can actually fly. So they sit him down there running tests on him and they go, so they go, John, we've completed all your tests. We have a couple of questions for you. And he's like, yeah, sure, anything. When you left Earth, you were alive, right? And he's like, yes, yes, I was alive when I left Earth. And they're like, okay, that solves the first three questions. Okay. When you were a kid, you broke one of your ribs, right? And he's like, yeah, yeah, it was horrible. I remember it breaking. And they go, well, that's weird because we did a couple x-rays on you and we see that you don't have a broken rib. Like, it was never broken. There was no fracture at any point. And they're showing him x-rays and he's like, hmm, that is interesting. I do remember breaking my rib. And scientists are looking at each other and they're like, that is very, very curious. We also contacted... Some people you knew growing up. And he's like, what? It's kind of weird if there's a medical exam. And they go, we've noticed something. Since you've been in this lab, you've been really good at math. Because we notice, like, when you're not hanging out with us, when you're not hooked up to all these diodes because you are a space mutant, you're always doing math problems. Now, John, we called up some people you used to hang out with when you were a kid, and they said you didn't know anything about math. You were really, really bad at math. But now... You can do all sorts of like quadratic equations and stuff like that. How is that possible? And John Smith goes, hmm, I don't remember. I just know that I am really good at the thing you said that that shockingly you pronounced correctly on your first try. Scientist is like, it is a hard word to pronounce. And then the scientists are looking at their sheet and they're like, hmm, that's really interesting. Now, the way that this article was laid out about John Smith was exactly this order. They said John Smith had a broken rib, but now his rib is healed. And then it also said that he used to be really bad at math, but now he can do high-level math, which I'll tell you right now, you're not an astronaut if you can't do high-level math. Some of the smartest people you will ever meet in your life, and I've met a few of them, are fighter pilots. And you can't be an astronaut, especially if you're putting putting you in a satellite, unless you can fly an F-15. They do have astronauts that aren't Air Force pilots, but if you're going to pilot the vehicle, you are almost always a fighter pilot. And again, I've had the pleasure of knowing some fighter pilots, some that you may know, actually. And um, there's a little bit of flex on you guys, but it's top secret. I can't tell you their names. They're they're geniuses. They're geniuses, right? If you can't do high level math, you're most likely not piloting experimental. Maybe that's why it wasn't working. They're like, sir, the equipment works just fine, but you have to do basic algebra to be able to figure out where to go. And he's like, gulp. Anyways, the article says he had a broken rib. It was now healed. The article says. Some people, some acquaintances from the old neighborhood, from the Bronx, happen to also be walking through 111 NASA court that day. And someone's like, hey, you know John Smith? How good was he in math? And they're like, he sucked. And so it turns out he can do good math. So this is the way this article is laying this stuff out. The first thing I have to just hammer this home. The first example, healed rib. Second example, good at math. Third example of why he may not be the same John Smith as who went into space. His heart is in a different location in his body. (laughs) So that should have been your first giveaway. 
If you ever send a guy to, if you send a guy to the liquor store and he comes back and he's like, that's weird. My heart is in a different location in my body. You're not going to be like, so what do your elementary school friends say about your math skills? That should have been the number one and really the only piece of evidence. Man goes up into space. He comes back down. His heart has moved inside of his body. The scientists aren't going to be like, hmm, that's interesting. But let's take a look at his ribs again. So here's a man who went to space, was up there for almost 30 years, froze, came back to life. His heart was in a different location in his body. It moved from the left side of his body to the right side of his body. And then other things were different. That's weird. His shoes are different. He was wearing different shoes this morning. Let's run another test on that. So the scientists are saying, this isn't John Smith. I mean, like, technically it is. On a cellular level, it is. But so much stuff has changed. (laughs) He's better at math. He's much better at math. No one ever gets better at math as they get older. He's better at math. His rib fixed. And his heart's in a different location. And the general's like, I'm sorry, what was that last one? And they're like, oh, oh. Uh, His heart is in a different location in his body, so we don't think this is John Smith. But then... They go, let's go talk to this man. Let's go talk to John Smith and find out exactly what's going on. Has he been up to no good? Has he been fiddling around with his own chest cavity, moving his heart? When they go into the room to talk to Mr. Smith, he's gone. Some say that the story's completely made up. Some people say that this story never existed. I actually couldn't find proof of this story outside of howandwise.com. So they could have completely made it up. But again, there are other stories we'll be covering in the coming weeks where I was able to find other information. So it's possible they made it up. It's possible. With a name like John Smith, it's really hard to pull up. I actually did find two astronauts that was close to that name. And that actually opened up a whole other weird conspiracy. We'll get into that in a second. But some people say the story never existed. I might be one of those people. Other people say that he escaped from the lab like he basically is like "Uh oh they found out my heart's in the wrong location (laughs) this disguise didn't work that it really wasn't john smith it was some sort of alien interloper or intruder and he escaped some people say that the that he didn't escape he did disappear the military came back into the room and they said hey would you like a tour of our secret facility that's underneath this secret facility it's where we keep all the cool kids and john smith is like yeah awesome and he's in some sort of holding area where they're doing tests on him because if the story's true and he went up to space and came down and it's an intruder you'd want to keep him under observation he has some sort of bizarre healing factor you'd want to steady him is he a clone we don't know any of this stuff they did also, I should add this detail too, apparently, because he was up there taking notes. They didn't have, like, a laptop, so he basically went up there with a notepad when I was making jokes about that. They gave him a 100-page notepad, which I think they'd want to give him a couple of those. You can get a spiral notebook with more than 100 pages in it, but 50 of those pages were filled up with weird glyphs, weird images. And they said, some of those were never seen on Earth. Eh, I can scribble out stuff you've never seen before either, but... I'm not an astronaut in deep space. I don't know why I'm trying to flex on that dude. But, you know, just to add in that detail. So there is that that alien thing. Or did he start to go crazy? Which you would expect as you were freezing to death in space with no hope of rescue. But anyway, so that's kind of where we stand with that story now. Clone, alien, healing factor. We don't know. We'll say the story's real just for entertainment value. It could be totally fake. 
could be real. I wasn't able to find much else on it. Escaped on his own to live his life among us as an alien intruder, or maybe he realized he is John Smith, but they were going to do experiments on him, or is he in a secret laboratory to this day being experimented on? Nobody knows. But here's an interesting twist to this story. When I was looking for John Smith astronaut, I found two. Kind of. You had John Michael Smith. He was a NASA technician. He was born in 1938. He's actually still alive today. Very, very long-lived man. That's awesome. John Michael Smith was born in 1938. He was a NASA technician. Then we have Michael J. Smith. Weird. I mean, yeah, people can have multiple initials and stuff like that. You have John Michael Smith, and then you have Michael J. Smith. He was an astronaut, a pilot. He died on January 20th, 1986. He was the pilot of the Challenger. Now, I know there's that big conspiracy theory going around that the people in the shuttle, the Challenger shuttle didn't actually die, and they'll show a photo of this guy, and then they'll show a photo of another guy, and they have the same skin tone, and the same nose, and half the ear's the same, but something's different. So they're trying to say the Challenger shuttle didn't really blow up. I see that conspiracy pop up. That's one of those conspiracy theories I always go, what's the end game with that, though? Like, okay, they if if they faked it, and, like, what was the point? Why was, why was faking it so important? And people do look similar. I've run into a couple people that are identical to me. I've ran into them in real life. They look identical to me. So people will look alike, especially when you're looking all over the internet. But that conspiracy theory aside, I'm going to introduce a new one. John Michael Smith and Michael J. Smith. And then we have a guy who was possibly a clone alien named John Smith. Very, very generic name. It's quite possible that these three people all had the exact same name. I do find it a little coincidental that we have two people named kind of... (laughs) I guess I'm really stretching. Two people named kind of the same. One of them is dead. Never mind. Basically, I might as well say Michael W. Smith, Christian singer, is part of this conspiracy theory as well. He actually came from outer space before he wrote Go West, Young Man. Go Space, Young Man. I don't know. I'm realizing that this is a Friday episode, and I'm just reaching now. However, let's wrap it up like this. Somewhere out there right now, there may be a man walking amongst us. He spent 30 years off-planet. In a tomb built by his co-workers. And when they finally retrieved him, he never forgave them. He is still walking amongst our civilization, waiting to take revenge against NASA. No, against all of us. He's out there, watching, waiting for his moment. Calculating, doing high-level math until the numbers fit. Because once... He comes up with a perfect plan. He will enact it. And he will destroy us all. It doesn't matter what side of the chest your heart is on. If the blood it's pumping is full of ice-cold vengeance. DeadRabbitRadio at gmail.com is going to be our email address. You can also hit us up at facebook.com slash deadrabbitradio. Twitter is at deadrabbitradio. Dead Rabbit Radio is the daily paranormal conspiracy and true crime podcast. You don't have to listen to it every day, but I'm glad you listened to it today. Have a great weekend, guys. Hey.